Hello everybody, just a little behind the scenes, I was working late on this episode and we forgot to do an intro, so I pulled Tallinn from bed about 11pm to do this intro for me. Tallinn, hit it. Welcome everyone to another episode of A Sister and Her Mister. Today we have Cynthia Donovan. She's a registered dietitian that helps women get their periods back. She helps them reverse hypothalamic amenorrhea, restore their health, and regain fertility. Cynthia's life purpose is to help women find balance with food, body, and exercise. She has over 10 years of experience and founded the Eat to Regain Your Period program in 2020. She's helped hundreds of women across the world get their periods back and get their life back. Doctor said you got PCOS. Now go on, girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself. Welcome, Cynthia. We're so excited to have you here. I am so excited to be here. I've been following you guys for, gosh, it's definitely been over three years and sort of fangirling a little bit because you guys... Uh you guys make such an impact in, you know, the, the virtual world and uh, the PCOS world to be specific. So I'm excited to be here. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you. Thank you. We feel the same way about you. You're a fellow dietitian to Tallinn and you're doing just as the same thing, spreading awareness for so many women out there. So I feel like we're in the same in the same boat. Yes, absolutely. I love that you like niche down with your Instagram account about hypothalamic amenorrhea. I think anyone who has this and finds you will probably be like, wow, I just hit a gold mine. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Telling because I mean, I think we hear more about PCOS, but this whole HA, so I'm just going to use HA for short because mm-hmm. hypothalamic oh, amenorrhea is quite the mouthful. Um, HA is just a topic or a medical condition that just many don't know about. And all of the literature that potentially medical doctors see, I know as a dietitian, I don't know if you could remember back telling when you were in college, I just remember there was literally like a paragraph about HA in my medical nutrition therapy book that said, okay, HA, you only get it if you have an eating disorder, um, have female athlete triad, which is pretty much a athlete's form of maybe an eating disorder and uh, super low BMI. But other than that, like they're really, I never There's no explanation. No. This no. will be so helpful. Yeah. So I just want to say one thing too, because the, the, the listeners know, like I always have trouble saying the big words. So I'm really glad we're, we're just calling this, <laughs> we're calling this HA. But I'm just going to say it one time, just for the amusement of our listeners, hypothalamic okay. amenorrhea. I said that's pretty good. That's not good. Bad. Yeah. That's yep. Bad. Yep. You, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's HA it. Yep. So much easier. Yes. Okay. So before we dive into it, tell us what HA is. Yeah. Absolutely. So I am not going to get too sciencey here, but in a nutshell, HA is a medical condition uh, that occurs when a woman's menstrual period stops due to the problem of something occurring within the hypothalamus, so which is a part of your brain. And so the hypothalamus plays a super crucial role in regulating various uh, systems in the body, including the menstrual cycle. But in simpler terms, 
the woman's brain is not sending the appropriate signals to her body to have a regular period. So this can happen for various reasons. It could happen excessive stress. Now, when I say excessive stress, I'm talking about stress from not eating enough and exercising too much. So sometimes I'll get the question, well, can I just be too stressed out? And then that's why my period like is absent for like months and years. No, no, there's more to the story. And so excessive exercise and um, low body weight, regular body weight, uh, certain um, medical conditions that can cause HA. But in a nutshell, the HA we're going to be talking about is primary or functional. And uh, it's for those out there that are not eating enough and Mm. potentially are exercising too much. So it doesn't have to be both. Pretty much it's low energy availability. The body is not getting enough food to perform essential functions, which I guess having hormones isn't essential per se for survival, but um, it's not running in an optimal place because the body is not getting enough food. And you you mentioned that this is when the period uh, stops when something happens to the hypothalamus. Is that the case for every woman who's missing their period for a long period of time? Or is this a specific category of people who are missing their period? So it's a specific category, but where things can get really hairy is, um, well, literally, if someone does have PCOS and many doctors, since they're not aware of um, what PCOS truly is or what HA is, there could be a very vague overlap, which confuses a lot of women, confuses, well, I don't know if it's confusing the doctor per se, because they're the one that's potentially diagnosing, but uh, PCOS, and you guys can probably speak to that much better than I can. Uh, So that could be a confounding factor that is making the menstrual cycle irregular or absent. And then also hyperprolactinemia. So pretty much high prolactin levels in the, the body, which tends to be caused by a pituitary tumor, a benign pituitary tumor, which is very rare, extremely rare. But HA is a diagnosis of exclusion. So we want to rule out the pituitary tumor. We want to rule out the PCOS. We want to get the lab work, the ultrasound, all the things, and then go from there. Uh, Mm -hmm. But there's many specific things that you, well, unfortunately, most doctors don't know how to assess for with HA. So, um, and we we can talk about those later on too. Yeah, I think this is really interesting because women with PCOS already have irregular periods, struggle to ovulate, sometimes missing periods for like a year because of the hormonal imbalance and having high testosterone. And then when you pair that with being told to eat less and move more, you know, you're kind of inducing your body. Not only do you have this PCOS problem, but you're kind of inducing hypothalamic amenorrhea because you're stressing your body out so much that you're not going to get your period, you know? So not only are you not healing PCOS by eating less and moving more, starving yourself and over-exercising, but you're actually getting further and further away from getting a period. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And actually telling that sort of happened to me. I I was not appropriately diagnosed with PCOS. They just diagnosed me based on my ultrasound because they saw all those lovely little follicles and they just thought, oh, 
oh, lots of follicles. I must have PCOS. Um, and that's exactly what happened to me where I thought I had PCOS. And as a di- this was, gosh, 10 years ago. And what I learned in college for PCOS was, oh my gosh, you're going to get diabetes. You're going to get heart disease. You better follow a super carb controlled diet and eat less and move more. And, you know, I drove myself deeper into the HA I already had. Right, right. I mean, it's so unfortunate how that is literally in the textbooks and it triggers people into having negative relationships with food, um, a fear of carbs altogether, eating disorders where they just feel like they shouldn't be eating anything because their metabolism is essentially broken and could be healed, but is further breaking because we're not eating anything and working out too much. So it sounds like that's something that you personally went through. Yes, it was. And it was a long time before I actually figured out what was going on because unfortunately, um, there's just, there's a lack of education out there um, from the time doctors go to medical school that they're just not learning what is currently happening. Um, So I spent over five years trying to figure out why my period was absent. So I was on birth control pills for many years, which masks your menstrual irregularities, right? We're taking external hormones, we're putting them in our body and it's mimicking a, you know, regular menstrual cycle. So in the period that you get off the pill is not a period, it's a withdrawal bleed from the hormone. So I had no idea my period was missing. Who knows for how long come off the pill. They're like, Oh, you know, it's, it's fine. That, that happens. Uh, just give it a few months. Okay. Give it a few months. No period. Well, maybe you need to go back on the pill to kickstart things. Okay. Well, I got my period back, but at that time I had no idea it wasn't a real period. Uh, and then I was like, okay, like what, like this is not fixing the problem. It is just masking the problem. Why, why can't anyone tell me why my period is missing? So I decided, well, maybe a fertility doctor could tell me. I'm like, but I don't want to get pregnant right now. So I decided, all right, let me just, I'll give it a rest. Um, And then I went to another OBGYN. She's like, oh, you have PCOS. I'm like, okay, finally, I got a diagnosis, right? Mm -hmm. And then that, I was like, I have to be, and so I was a dietitian at the time. So not only do we have to uphold this image, right? But I found out I had PCOS. So I'm like, I have to be like super, super, super healthy, like healthier than I was. So went into HA deeper. And then finally, I was a little over five years. Um, I was referred to a reproductive endocrinologist and he's like, Oh, he's like, you have hypothalamic amenorrhea. I'm like, no, that's impossible because this is what I learned in college. Right. And so it just goes to show you that the knowledge deficit that's out there for healthcare practitioners, um, to be able to recognize and, and then treat this. So soon as he said that I was in denial because textbooks didn't say it, right? I, there was no really research out there back then. So um, it took me some time and I started to dig up my own research and analogies on it. And then I met, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the book uh, called No Period, Now What? Uh, it's by Dr. Nicola Rinaldi. And she, at the time when I was going through it, she didn't have the book out yet, but I came across her and she's like, oh yeah, this is a thing. And you know, fed me some research articles. I'm like, okay, maybe this is a thing. Maybe mm-hmm. HA is a thing because I was a normal body weight. If anything, I was maybe borderline overweight BMI. So I didn't fit this criteria of low. And I'm like, I don't have an eating disorder. Well, I definitely had some disordered eating, but as you know, disordered eating is very normalized in our society today. So I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. And then as far as the exercise goes, I'm like, I don't exercise that much. You guys, I was exercising 
every day, sometimes two times a day. Rest days were active rest days. So, you know, rest day looked like, oh, let me go for a three mile run. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm just like, no, this is like all normal behavior. This can't possibly be. So then finally I came to terms with it and um, started eating enough, doing more resting, not intense exercise. And um, at that time I was a little bit, I think it was 30, 31 years old. And um, I was like, well, I want to have babies now. And I don't know if this is really going to work. So I ended up pursuing fertility treatment. And then it took a few rounds because even if you are struggling from HA and you're like, okay, well, I am sick of this. I don't know if this is going to work, which FYI, it does work. The science is now out there. Eating enough for your body, resting enough, taking care of yourself. You can get a menstrual cycle back if you, in fact, are suffering from HA related to um, an energy um, deficit. So finally, ended up getting pregnant, had the baby. And then I think it was about 13 or 14, somewhere around there, months postpartum, I got my period back. So, um, yeah, which sometimes your body quote unquote resets from this whole HA thing, but I like to tell my clients and the audience out there, like, don't, you know, wait to get pregnant to fix this. And if you're still not eating enough during pregnancy and not resting enough, your HA is going to continue. So yeah, that's my story in a, in a nutshell. Do you know what the most researched supplement for PCOS is? Yes. Inositol. But do you know that not all inositols are the same? Hush your mouth. The latest research on PCOS women uses inositol with a ratio of 40 to 1 myo and d chiro inositol with a daily dosage of 4,000 milligrams. Well, I declare. But here's the problem. A lot of inositols out there do not use the 40 to 1 ratio and many do not have a daily dosage of 4,000 milligrams. So that one month supply of inositol you may last half the time if you take the clinical dosage. Heavens to Betsy! Well, hold your horses, cowboy. <laughs> That's why I love Ovacetol. It comes in a ratio of 40 to 1, myo and d chiro inositol, and it provides a daily dosage of 4,000 milligrams. It also comes in a three-month supply. And best of all, it's the only NSF-certified 40 to 1 inositol, so you know that it's been third-party tested for purity and accuracy. Well, butter my backside and call me a biscuit. Head over to ovafit.org to order your Ovacetol today with our special 15% off promo. You can also find the link in the show description. Well, I declare. Okay, that's enough. Thank God. I'm out of freezes. There is definitely a big misdiagnosis with your PC- you being misdiagnosed with PCOS, later finding out that it was actually hypo. HA. I can understand why it's so common too, because one of the, when you look at the Rotterdam criteria, it's you, you must have two out of three symptoms for to have PCOS, which is irregular periods, um, hyperandrogenism, and uh, ovarian cysts. So if you have irregular periods and you have symptoms of maybe um, hyperandrogenism, then they're going to just automatically be like, oh, yeah, PCOS. But there can be a little bit of overlap from what I'm understanding. Like you could have irregular periods, maybe a little bit of high testosterone and get misdiagnosed. Maybe like, is that what happened in your case, you think? Yes, it, it did. And so, you know, hormones, as you guys probably know, can fluctuate day to day, sometimes hour to hour, right? So um, mine was like just a teeny, teeny, teeny bit elevated. And uh, I had the polycystic ovaries, um, oh, but no other ovaries. symptoms. Yeah. Oh, you had the ovarian cysts. Oh, okay. Oh, Sorry. I did. I did. But here's here's the thing. This is this is my take on it. So 
a regular menstrual cycle is you have your your period, then you have your follicular phase, ovulation, and luteal phase, and then it starts over. And so with HA, a lot of women will see these quote unquote polycystic ovaries, but yet they're just these follicles that are trying to mature to, you know, mature follicles for one to get dominant enough to release the egg, but they don't have enough estrogen. They don't have enough FSH. They don't have enough LH to progress these follicles to the next stage in the menstrual cycle, which would be ovulation. So they're stuck in this sort of say follicular phase, which tends to look like polycystic ovaries. And I guess in essence is, but just because you have polycystic ovaries doesn't mean you have PCOS. Mm. So um, so that's the caveat there. Oh, but so tricky. Well, technically, like according to the Rotterdam criteria, you did have PCOS, but it was like beyond that. It was AH. AHA. I mean, AHAs. <laughs> <laughs> so how how would they have been able to differentiate that then? Because so you had the regular periods, you had the ovarian cysts. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and this is you know you and you can speak more to this. What I find, or at least what I found in the years of practicing with just HA clients alone and seeing the misdiagnosis happen, is that um, these women that have these polycystic ovaries tend to have other things that are accompanying them. And I would say none of them that I've at least come across that were like, oh, I have PCOS. And I'm like, okay, what's your testosterone levels? So that's what I will tend to look at to kind of, you know, differ between the two. But really there's a lot of behavioral stuff that goes into. So I guess in essence, if I were to, in a perfect world, say, this is how a doctor should try to figure out what this really is. Um, And it would be between behavioral and it would be between some physical signs and symptoms. Um, So with HA, typically there's like zero to none, very low estrogen levels. And um, and you guys feel free to add in as far as like what things look like in PCOS, but low to normal um, LH, FSH. However, I know in PCOS, sometimes the ratio, the LH is more huh. dominant or higher than the FSH. Um, so that's that's one thing too. A thin uterine lining typically happens with HA. I can't say for certain if that happens with PCOS or not, but uh, the polycystic ovaries, which could be both, right? Uh, Women with HA tend to have zero cervical mucus, like none, very dry. Uh, I know low libido could be uh, both sides. And uh, bleeding um, off of progesterone um, may not happen as well. Um, so that's another telltale sign. And then these women tend to run super cold. They tend to have very low heart rates, uh, frequent urination, tiredness, but not all the time, brittle hair, skin, nails, super fixated on thinking about food all the time. And they're typically lower body weight to normal body weight, which again, there's a such thing as lean PCOS, but also the behavioral aspects of it. And again, feel free to interject because there, there is, there's so much gray area between HA and PCOS, but the behavioral side 
the exercise, there's typically an exercise obsession or it, I don't want to call it an obsession because if someone said I was obsessed with exercise like 10 years ago, I'd be like, no, I'm just being healthy. (laughs) But I was really obsessed. Um, so little, no rest days, a lot of guilt. If you're not exercising, uh, super healthy eating, choosing exercise over most things in life, just really letting their quote unquote healthy lifestyle really really run their life. So those are, you know, some things typically these women also have super, um, they're very high stress, high strong type A and, uh, lots of body image issues, which again, could be across the board with any kind of medical condition. So I can't really say that's for certain, but these are some things I personally would look at and assess versus just, okay, you know, I know the Rotterdam criteria is, you know, the polycystic ovaries, irregular absent periods, and then the high testosterone levels. But like, let's just say they just have polycystic appearing ovaries and they have the irregular absent menstrual cycles, but they have no high testosterone levels and nothing else. So that's where I kind of, I mean, I can't diagnose, I'm just a dietitian, but that's when I look at all those other confounding factors to kind of gather that all together and be like, mm, no, this definitely sounds a little bit more like HA. So yeah, I, yeah. I definitely think that this requires a keen eye mm-hmm. yeah. um, of someone who understands the complexities of both and yes. look at lab work and decipher wh- which side we're like leaning. Look at lab work and lifestyle, yeah. like the person as a whole and their lab work, and then decide which side of the border they're on. Is it PCOS or is it yeah. HA? You know? So, I mean, there are so many gynos out there that like can barely even diagnose someone with PCOS. Well, they don't even look or, into lifestyle or diet or yeah, things like that, or even like exercise. The right question. Yeah. They they don't even know what's going on. So yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Maybe a natu- like a naturopathic doctor, a functional doctor, integrative doctors, integrative or? Integrative. Integrative doctors <laughs> probably are good options, but I'm sure there's so many listeners right now who are thinking, okay, I've been missing my periods for a while. I thought I had PCOS. I'm sure some of them are now wondering, do I actually have HA? In that case, I know you mentioned the behavioral um, aspects to look into, like kind of look into the lifestyle, but what could they do with their doctor? Like to say to them to be like, do I have HA? Can we look into this? Like what can they, um, how can they look further into it? Absolutely. And I'm glad you asked that question because that's, it's a big barrier. And that's where people are, that's where women are going to go first. They're going to be like, okay, like I'm going to my doctors. I got a problem. I'm going to my doctors. Um, Now what I do is I'm like, let me go to Instagram. Let me yeah. see what I can find out there um, or TikTok potentially. Yeah. So, um, and then let me go to my doctors. Let me gather my own research and then go. But um, so I would say first off, you know, to, to have a conversation with your doctor asking them, are they familiar with HA, you know, familiar with PCOS? And um, I would say majority of my clients are like, well, my doctor doesn't want to hear anything. So I would say if your doctor isn't opening to listening to you, probably get a new doctor or take things in your own hands. But here's the thing, like HA is a diagnosis of exclusion. So we want to rule out that PCOS. We want to um, rule out any kind of um, pituitary tumor, which again, is it sounds super scary, but it's benign tumor and um, it's easily resolvable. But it's something to rule out because I've actually, I've only had one client out of hundreds and we're like, okay, why isn't your period coming back? She had high prolactin levels. And I'm like, okay, let's 
you know, let's explore that. And her doctor's like, oh, this is no big deal. I'm like, ask her for an MRI, get the MRI. I'm still waiting to hear back from her um, on, on what happened, but her doctor don't want to listen to her. So I would say always advocate for yourself. If you feel like your doctor isn't on your team, say goodbye. There's yeah. many doctors out there and you got to think that those doctors work for you. You don't work for them. Um, so being mindful of that, but let me, I'll talk about a few scenarios that happen when you go to the doctor. So you go to the doctors like, okay, I haven't had a period in you know, six months, they might run an ultrasound or get lab work. Uh, but chances are, and please tell me if you see different with, with your clients, they're probably going to suggest the birth control pill mm-hmm. to regulate things, right? So, um, or they might say, your labs are normal. They look normal. And then I in like, head. yeah, yeah. Just, and just, so just relax, just relax and it'll come back. That's oh it. yeah. That's another one too. Give it a few months, give it six months, you know? So I suggest you ask them, okay, well, if my labs are normal, why is my period missing? Cause that's not normal, right? So then they may not have an answer because there's just a big knowledge deficit when it comes to HA. So excluding all those things, you know, getting your lab work done, if your doctor isn't able to interpret your lab work appropriately, which I really haven't come across too many that can, seeking out specialty people like yourselves, like me, like other dietitians and practitioners out there, um, people that just see that particular thing and that is it. Because these OBGYN, and even sometimes REs are seeing a array of different diagnoses out there. Um, you know, OBGYNs, technically they're delivering babies most of the time. So um, yeah, just being a, a huge advocate for yourself and seeking out the information if your doctor is not able to give it to you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And and we'll tell the listeners too, like we're not the most like biggest experts on HA. So if you do want to get uh, more access, we highly recommend going to Cynthia to, to get that information because we want you to get the most like updated, the most uh, biggest expert on this topic. And that's going to be Cynthia in this case. So, but thank you. I, I think it's really wonderful that um, there's alternatives out there for, for women with HA. If they can't get the help from their, from their doctor, they can always find experts like you and it's also important to know that, like, to not get down if one doctor says, you know, you have no, you have no problems, you know, get a second, third opinion, because you're going to find more and more information, the more, the more you look into it. Absolutely. And I like to say, trust your gut as well. So if you're, you know, listening to say your guys's podcast, and you're trying to figure out do I PCOS, you know, or my podcast, are you trying to figure out if you have HA? And you're like, Oh, my gosh, like all this sounds like me, like all of this sounds like me. Trust that intuition, trust your gut feeling because you know your body best. You know your body more than any doctor knows your body out there. And um, if that doctor isn't willing to give you that diagnosis, but everything else adds up and maybe you've ruled out other things, then trust your gut. That's all I like to say. And that you do not need that external validation to move forward and doing what's healthiest for your body. Because, well, with HA, I, we didn't talk about the the downfalls of it, but just to scratch the surface, well, infertility is one, which you might say, well, I don't want to have babies, so I don't care about that. That's great. Um, osteoporosis, lack of estrogen is impacting your bones. And what more and more research is emerging is heart disease. Mm, really? Mm-hmm. 
So it's not heart disease that is happening like right here and right now, like you're not going to have a heart heart attack tomorrow. But what they're finding is the estrogen plays a role with cholesterol building up in your blood. You cannot excrete it. And this is again, just scratching the surface. Um, But estrogen plays a very, very, very strong role in your heart health. Um, And without that hormone, which is completely suppressed if you are not eating enough and not resting enough. Because here's the thing, your body with HA is just trying to protect you. It's shutting down your sex hormones because it's a non-essential function of the body, right? Mm -hmm. You still need to keep your heart beating, your brain functioning, your lungs breathing. Like that is survival. You don't need to be able to make babies. And you might say, well, Cynthia, I don't want to make babies. But that's why we have these sex hormones because we're put on this earth to make babies. Whether or not you want to have babies, that's totally your call. But it's a survival technique from the body to shut down non-essential functions. So not only is the sex hormones, there's other things that shut down like your digestion tends to really suck. Um, you're more anxious, uh, more on edge because your brain just doesn't have the the power and the capacity and energy to think other than survival kind of thoughts. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just about fertility, like you said, because, you know, the, the period for women now is regarded as like a vital sign, you know, like yes. when, when like practitioners, they look at your, your heart rate, your body temperature as a vital signs and more and more are looking at the period as a vital sign, which, which, um, which means like it basically lets them know like how healthy is your your body overall. Like just like if you had a normal heart rate, that would be like a red flag. If you're mm-hmm. having missed periods, that would be a red flag too that something is off, whether it's the hormones, whether it's with lifestyle, diet, things like that. So yeah, like it's not just about being fertile, but it's just making your body running at an optimum level. Yes, yes. And that's what's so fascinating about people that have reproductive hormones such as, you know, estrogen and progesterone and LH, FSH, that there's so much you can tell. Like if your menstrual cycle is off, you can try to pinpoint what is going on. Um, And there's so many things. The menstrual cycle is just so fascinating the more and more I've learned over the years. And by the way, a really great book is called The Fifth Vital Sign by Lisa. You've heard it? Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. We read read the book. Yeah. Yes, I have it too. I have it right here. Yeah, she was on our podcast too. Okay, I, I'm I'm trying to have her on my podcast too, and yeah, she's we'll, just we'll awesome. You. We'll, yes, we'll yes, you. I was on her podcast oh, maybe a couple of years ago. Okay. but yes, if only we could have that across the board, and hopefully one day it will be integrated in medical assessments um, about that. Because right now, for the most part, it's just OBGYNs um, asking maybe fertility doctors, but I think it should be asked everywhere. But the caveat here is, okay, well, what if your menstrual cycle is off? Then, then what? Like, do these medical professionals have the knowledge and the capacity or even the time to help one figure this out? Right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's a whole for other sure. layer. I feel like with women's health, it's a, it takes a village. It takes you know, the gyno, it takes the naturopathic doctor, the endocrinologist, it takes like everyone all together to get down to the root of things. And as much as I would have expected my gyno to know certain things, they they know like other things that are also crucial. And it's like, how, how many things can you dive super deep into as a medical professional? Can you dedicate your life to learning everything about PCOS, everything about HA, everything about all of these conditions? Probably not. So 
it does mean that we have to decide like who is going to help us. And like you said earlier, find a new doctor if you feel like you're not being heard because some might be more of an expert in one thing and some might not. And why should you suffer? You know, if you know that you have something, you have that gut instinct, you have to find the expert to help you. And I love that example you gave with looking at TikTok and Instagram because that does help. Or chat should be too. Yeah, it totally does. Whenever I have some type of, like issue that I need to solve that I cannot solve myself, I go right to Instagram or TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because we 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 are able to people like you and I are able to specialize in one particular thing and just know so much more than potentially the person who specializes in seventeen different things, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And I feel like we've just cracked the door open for for anyone who's interested about AHA, for anyone who does want to get uh, more information about it to work with you. How can they um, find you like your website, Instagram, and you also mentioned your podcast? Yes, absolutely. So I mostly live on Instagram and my handle is period. So P-E-R-I-O-D dot nutritionist. And also you can find me on TikTok. And then I do have a podcast. So it's called the period recovery podcast. And I rotate between solo episodes to professionals, other professionals on there to past clients being on there sharing their success stories. And you know, what? that's another, you know, telltale sign too to listen to these success stories, which I'm sure you guys have tons of them and seeing also, you know, how you relate to hearing them. Does that sound just like you? So, um, and then also my website is periodnutritionist.com. And right now I, you know, I see clients across the world, uh, virtually and mostly in a group coaching format, but also some individualized. And so, yeah. And half of what I do is really wanting to spread awareness and, you know, advocate. And so I am just so grateful that you guys were able to take the time to have me as a guest on here so we can spread more awareness and and reach more people. Oh, absolutely. 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 It's our our pleasure. And it's also we want to always get the best guests on here to be able to spread the best information out there for our listeners. So we really appreciate you coming on, talking about HA to our listeners who for some of them, I'm sure it's the first time they're hearing about it. And for a lot of others, it's going to be like a big eye-opening moment for them. And we highly recommend everyone to to check out your website. We'll put everything in the description in, in the podcast episode so everyone can just click through directly. That was amazing. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Thank you yes. so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you to our listeners for being part of this episode. We'll be back next week with another one. Until then, take care. Bye. What if you had an app for PCOS that could tell you what to eat, when to work out, and how to track your goals every day? Introducing the Sisterhood app. Not only does the Sisterhood app give you access to the largest community of women with PCOS, but it also provides you with a daily PCOS plan. Your daily PCOS plan tells you exactly what to eat for each meal of the day. It's like having me as a dietitian in your pocket. It also sends you a notification when it's time to work out, and it provides step-by-step videos to help you reverse your biggest PCOS symptoms. You also get access to 100-plus gluten and dairy-free recipes, the 5 Steps to PCOS Weight Loss Masterclass, and a full PCOS-friendly workout library to choose from. But let's not forget the most crucial component of PCOS weight loss, the support. You're not alone. In the sisterhood, you become part of the largest community of PCOS women where you can chat with us in our private Facebook group. Sirak, myself, and your fellow sisters are in there every day to answer your questions and support you along the way. 
So what are you waiting for? You can head over to the App Store and search Sisterhood or click the link in the description to get started today. See you in there.